Hey everybody, welcome back for episode 8 of Way of the Fist. In this week's episode, Jonathan and I discuss when is enough kihon enough? Can you ever have enough kihon? And we talk about our development and your growth and your approach to kihon. So check it out. Hey everybody, welcome back for another episode of Way of the Fist. I'm your co-host, Michael Hagen, and I have with me once again, our other co-host, Jonathan CV. Hey, Jonathan. Hey, buddy. What's going on? Uh, looks, you look like you got a haircut since the last time we uh, we chatted, man. It looks oh, good. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I uh, got a little haircut, did a little shavy shave here, you know. There we go. I, yeah. uh, as you know, we didn't really we didn't really talk about it last time, but you know, as we as we move through the new year, uh, I felt that uh, in Japanese there's a word called kibun tenka, which mm-hmm. is like a, a like the way you're like you're feeling a change of feeling, I guess. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you need a haircut, you need a shave, kind of as we move forward through progress through 2022. I was like, you know what? Start fresh. Start fresh, right? Yeah. So we'll see how we as fresh how we as can up. be. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, actually, I cut my hair too, man. I had I cut uh, seven inches off of my hair. I know. I, I I saw pictures from from Christmas, and I was like, "There's no more Sensei Ragnar from there." Nope, can't can't do it anymore. Can't braid it back. It's uh, very very short. My wife actually is she's so happy that I finally got like a real haircut. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's like, "Wow, I forgot you used to be handsome." <laughs> <laughs> Well, see, I like the other way. I was like, I yeah. was like totally digging, you know, Ragnar Sensei. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know. yeah, I was looking a little homeless. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was not a good look. I'm, I'm actually, I feel better. I feel lighter. I, yeah. Same, exactly what you're talking about, that change of feeling. Um, this is typically what I do at the beginning of the year anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and that's, and it, you know, kind of tying back into some of the things we talked about uh, a couple of weeks ago in our, in our last episode, you know, this just... And it, and it kind of ties in with, you know, the, the Japanese saying, you know, Kaizen, right? Like trying to continually improve, mm-hmm. right? And so yeah. we, we all have to, I, I'm just trying to look at myself and see, okay, well, you know, what do I need to, to, to work on and what can I do better at? Um, well, I can tell you, for me, the answer is always like, just get back to basics, you know, drink more water, exercise more, more water, exercise, you more. know, yeah. Kihon, things of that nature. Kihon. Well, that's kind of a setup right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, since you went right there, um, yeah. I today I want to talk about Kihon. Interestingly yeah. enough, I don't know if you. Interestingly knew. enough. Wow. <laughs> Who would have known? <laughs> Who would have known? No. So lately, I've had this thought, and before, before I kind of get it, let's let's preface, you know, our our average or I guess typical karate training is, is kind of, and, and this is maybe more, I don't know, it may have not necessarily be an Okinawan thing, and but maybe it was more of a Japanese thing, but the three Ks, right? Yeah. You have Kihon, Kata, and Kumite. Right. And I go back to my training at the karate club in, in Nagoe Gakun, and we did a lot of Kihon. Uh, moving mm. basics, standing basics and moving basics. And we would go like, uh, and I've said this in other podcasts, you know, when I, when I took my Shodan test, 
I knew a very small number of kata. Mm -hmm. But we did a lot of kihon and we did a lot of, of kumite. Now, the kumite at that time was predominantly competition-oriented kumite mm -hmm. drills. But we did a lot of it. And um, a lot of repetition uh, of kihon. And when we're talking about Kihon, one of the biggest compliments that you could give somebody in karate is to tell them that they have good Kihon. Good Kihon, yeah. Right? I mean, I, I remember being told that once by a, a visiting uh, instructor at, at, at a school I was at. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, he very rarely gives out compliments, but it was like this, like, in passing, like, oh, you know, yeah, 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 don't worry, because, you know, you your Kihon is good. Um, and we judge other people on their kihon very much so yeah you know when i when we're when we're out and we're training or we're at a competition and we're watching people warm up or whatever it is you know we'll look at somebody and it, like oh, yeah your kata are not going to be very good because you have you know or your kata suck because because you don't have good kihon so i there's a fundamental importance like you said there going back to kihon mm-hmm but the question I've been thinking about lately is, when is it enough? Or is it ever enough? Oh, so this is going to be a short podcast. <laughs> I've got the answer for you. <laughs> the answer is, it's, it's never enough. Right? Okay. <clears throat> and I, I guess the struggle is, are you looking at it from a teaching perspective? Like when do you move on from Kihon and, and start working kata or other things with your students or from the learning perspective of am I good enough to now move on and do other things? Have I spent enough time working on this? Right. But when we as instructors and students, you know, as, as one combined unit, we look at what we do for karate. It's that continual pursuit of perfection, knowing that we are never, ever, ever going to achieve it, then there's no end in sight for anything Kihon related. Okay. So end now, of episode. Let me... <laughs> end of episode, <laughs> click six minutes, 22 seconds. Um, okay. But so now let's caveat this. Let's change the question just a little bit because this is okay. really. So I attribute a large part of where I'm at now to doing that intense load of repetitive kihon mm -hmm. for uh, a, a long period of time or for a set yes. period of time. Yeah. And when I tell people that, you know, I got my shodan with one year of taekwondo and a year and a half of karate, even myself at first was like, I don't know, like, I don't know if I feel right with this. And mm -hmm. one of my colleagues or one of my um, same same grade. One of my friends in the karate club was like, no, you gotta, you, you can't, you can't think that way because right. the volume of work, the volume of training that yeah. we've done mm -hmm. in the karate club is equivalent to three to four years. If not more, at a regular dojo, at a regular right. dojo where you're going for an hour and a half, right. two or maybe three times a week, which sure. is what the average is. So, I attribute 
you know, I, I would say I attribute a large part of let's just you know quantify air quotes success to having good basics. Yes. To having that solid repetition. But now let's fast forward thirty years, twenty whatever years. Okay. And let's just say somebody like you and I right now, right? Not a beginning student, not a showdown level, somebody who's been training for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Do I need, do we need to spend 45 minutes of my training going up and down the floor doing Zenkutsudachi Geranbarai or Nekuashitachi Shudoke over and over again? Because where are all of those techniques found? You see, see what I'm saying? Like, if I'm doing, if, so, if I do, if I do, like, okay, so today I, I feel like, okay, let me work on, I need to do, you know, some get on barai. Okay, so mm-hmm. I do, do five get on barai, and then I jump into kata. Or I do, let's say, wanchu, for example, that has several get on barai in there. Sure. Or even, you know, let's go back to fukigateichi, right? Is that enough? Do I need, if I'm doing dedicated kata training, mm-hmm. for example, do I need to do 20 or 30 minutes of just moving basics for the sake of doing moving basics? Or can I so, short circuit that training by just doing kata? I think it's circumstantial. And here's why. 2021, I, my, my wife and I had a baby. Mm-hmm. That kept me out of the dojo. Actually, I missed a lot of time um, in the middle part of the year, even through towards the end of the year. So when I came back to the dojo teaching, I I wasn't even teaching like full time yet. I was still like missing a lot of nights and, you know, trying to help out with the baby and trying to help my wife with whatever she needed, things like that. And when I was in class, I was doing mostly kata, like with my students, but not actively participating in the kihon that they were doing in during their class. Right, because I was walking around and making adjustments or whatever. Sometimes it's not always easy to just do the drills with them all the time. Um, but I found myself like, as you and I actually kind of started discussing the uh, potentiality of competing at the uh, Okinawa tournament in August, mm-hmm. getting myself like excited to train kata to go compete um, and things like that. And as I was kind of dusting off my kata i was like golly my kihon right now is just absolutely garbage so Mm. for you know the the last half of november which is kind of when we started talking about this all the way through up until basically now um all through december and up till even now i have been making myself do those moving kihon um and it's usually you know a good third or more of that particular training for myself. Um, just because I, I, I recognized that it had slipped because of life circumstances that have, have you know, just because I've, I've done it in the past doesn't mean that it stays with me, right. right? It's definitely a perishable skill if you don't um, tend to it. Now, I do think that once you get to a certain point, though, you can sort of coast with it kind of like what you're discussing with, well, I'm doing kata, I'm doing, I'm still doing these stances. I'm still doing these blocks. I'm still, you know, getting the the movement. 
but are you actually paying attention to the development while you're doing those movements? Mm. So that kind of goes into intention and movement and deliberate training. Right. Yeah. Which can so, be done in both kata and kumite, or, or kata and kihon, I would say, right? I, I would agree, but I think it's um, far more easier and a far greater yield to isolate and just do kihon than to say, okay, I'm going to do kata and I'm trying to work on four different things at a time now while doing right. kata. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. I like that. Yeah. I can go with that. You can go with that. Yeah. End of episode. End no, of episode. Just 12 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, because, you know, this is where, I mean, when we go through training, I, I like the analogy that you used, right? And and believe me, I I, I can I can hear hear the the screaming and the wailing and gnashing of teeth that you know how how can somebody be so you know oh we should get rid of kihon? No, I'm not saying that we should get rid of kihon, right? But I think there needs to be a, a progression, like you said, based on the situation and the individual mm -hmm. that. And not necessarily for beginners. I think for beginners, you should spend you know more of your time on kihon and leading into kata, and then less on other things. Even at the expense of practicing. I mean, bunkai drills are good and and things like mm -hmm. that. But you know, as as you progress, you know, at least the the way I feel now. For example, you know. Like, you know, you have a brand new baby, but you know, you and you have a job. I mean, you have your own training, and you have your mm -hmm. dojo, and you know, I have a family, and I have a full time job, and I have to commute to work, and neither of us are full time athletes that can just devote, you know, four to six hours a day, strictly to, uh, you know, our training, and then just be done for the day, right? Like that's right. that's our our job. There's there's life once you become an adult and you have these, you know, adulting responsibilities that you have to, at the end of the day, you have to maximize what you can. Mm -hmm. And if I have, let's just say I have an hour or an hour and a half to train. If I spend 45 minutes of my time just doing moving basics back and forth up and down the hallway or the dojo or wherever I'm training that day outside in the hall, in the driveway, mm -hmm. is that the most effective use of my time? Unless, well, unless, like you said, there's something that I've identified that I need to go back and work on. Right. But, you know, it's like, okay, well, I, I realize my, my, my neck wash tachi isn't so good right now, so I want to spend some time on that separate from kata. Mm -hmm. But am I, but generally speaking, outside of that, can I maximize my time by having some of that deliberate intention when I'm doing my kata. Well, let's step back for a minute. You and I are discussing deliberate intention and thinking about what we're doing. 99% right. of the people when they're doing either kata or kihon aren't doing either of that. Right. Right. So, I think they start out with the, the idea, but then they get lost in you know, doing just the doing motion, the movement. Right? Just doing the movement. Right. And so that's something that I discuss with my athletes 
on how to make changes is yeah. doing the movement is not going to help you. Right. Um, well, but I also think that um, the need for as as an athlete, the need for doing that volume of kihon is not as necessary as it once was. Um, and here's why. Okay. I believe that there are, not that I believe, I, I know from experience, there are advances in understanding, you know, biomechanics and training methodologies that can kind of fast track that muscle memory, the muscle development, the engagement, um, without having to do, say, you know, 600 shutokes to be able to do better shutoke, right? Okay, we have, so can you give me an example of like what? Well, we have resistance bands for that. That's just one training uh, method that we can use to sort of, I don't want to say shortcut, but maximize our time spent uh, in that particular training, whatever it is you're trying to do, right? Yeah. I, working on gyakuzuki with my kumite athletes, you know, we, we do a lot of it, of sure, because, I mean, that's like, you know, king as far as kumite goes, but we're going to spend more time with our resistance bands doing gyakuzuki, working on timing with gyakuzuki, working on, you know, getting faster, getting that stronger punch, but they're developing more with that resistance band than just say, okay, we're doing 100 of these in a row now right. um, on the line. Right. You, you know what I mean? So we're yeah. still we're still getting that kihon training, but we're maximizing training in a shorter volume of time so what we're really saying is we're saying the same thing <laughs> i don't think we are i don't no? think we are you don't think no. so no you don't think so no because you're talking about like can i just do kata and still have uh, developed kihon and i think that a at a certain point if you're good with just coasting. Yeah, you can do that. Right. But as far as like the development of self, I don't think that that's the answer. I think you need more than just doing kata. Like you, I think you need to get out there and do the, the motions up and down the floor or implement, you know, even in your kata, you can utilize resistance training or um, like egg weights or, yep. you know, uh, a weighted vest or even using like a title tank for instance and yeah. doing you know turning transitions or whatever you're right. going to get the, the development of the technique more than just say okay i want to work on you know my gay dambarai so i'm going to do super okay a bunch <laughs> why would anybody ever do that but okay <laughs> <laughs> oh. You know, there's a, there's a good amount of Gedambarai in there. There is, there is. Yeah. So I so. think we're saying the same thing. I think what well, you just I, said was exactly what I just said. You said you just said adding title tank and egg weights and resistance pants. <laughs> no, you said you can take away the um, the volume of Kihon and just do Kata. I'm saying that if you don't have access to these things... You don't, uh, or you're not at a certain level to like be okay with doing kata and having that intent. You still need the volume of kihon. Okay. All right. Okay. I, okay. I see yeah. the distinction there. Okay. I, I can agree yeah. with that. Yeah. So 
does. Like you're not going to go out there and do Naihanchi like 50 times and get better at your Kihon. Why would you do Naihanchi 50 times? That's a really good question. You should ask some of these Shurite people that question. <laughs> but I will say getting up and doing Sanchin maybe like 50 times you are going to get better with Kihon. Well, but there's only two <laughs> Kihon moves in there. You're only punching and blocking. Hey. <laughs> hey, just another reason why Sanchin's better. So Well, I'm not I'm I, I'm I'm not I'm not arguing that, that Naihanji is better. That was never the purpose of the argument. If you thought that that was the purpose of the conversation. You're sadly mistaken. <laughs> I, I might have gotten a couple of messages, so just oh, yeah? throwing it out there. Oh, really? No, I'm just kidding. I'm, no, no, I'm just kidding. No, I think you really did get some messages. <laughs> so people didn't like our conversation about Naihanji, huh? Uh, actually, the messages that I got were more about like, wow, you uh, pulled no punches. Uh, when when it comes to talking about Naihanchi, you uh, you have no problem with uh, talking crap about Naihanchi or whatever. And I'm like, well, most of it is, you know, we're just kind of like joking around. But I don't know, maybe maybe I maybe I came across across as a little too uh, too serious and hateful towards Naihanchi. No, I, I it's funny because I've, I've I haven't I gotten am. anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's where, I mean, it, it kind of goes back to this, the Kihon topic also, mm-hmm. that everything has its place. I mean, don't get me wrong, right? I, 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 I threw this, you know, almost clickbait title out there, you know, this antagonistic argument that Kihon's not important or when is Kihon not enough? Because I'm a firm believer in you got to have Kihon, you have to practice Kihon. Right. But I also think that there's a progression and it has its place. If I'm spending the majority or a larger portion of my time just doing Kihon, am I neglecting other aspects of my training that I could be spending other time on or, or making, am I gaining, is my benefit that I'm receiving larger than the, the, or the is the effort, I guess, equivalent? Am I getting so I the guess, most benefit? I guess what I would say to that is it depends on what you're training for, right? Um, it's, it's been said to me um, by several different Okinawan sensei um, within my organization and some from other organizations as well that we had our Yakusoku Kumite sets and then our kata were developed to be able to practice our Yakusoku Kumite sets without having that partner, right? Okay. So essentially, you know, kata really is just doing kihon independently and then being able to turn around take it and apply it with a partner situation doing you know bunkai or yakusoku kumite sets so yeah i guess in that instance you know you can say i that's what kata is for i'm I'm, you know doing these movements over and over again i'm you know developing timing and um what's the word i'm looking for uh like pattern to be able to put them in place specifically for these sets that we have learned um but if you're looking at trying to improve as an athlete or 
you know, you've got a, maybe you've got a showdown test that's coming up or any test, cute test that's coming up and you want to put on your absolute best display, then yeah, I think you need to take that time and put in the reps of Kihon to reflect your training for that kata. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not arguing that at all. Uh, I mean, because even I now we were I'm... arguing, I thought that's what this was about, man. I'm hyped up right now for no reason. <laughs> I mean, because there are times when I, I will sit and, and if, the, but it's also, again, situationally dependent, I think, like you said, yeah. when I've identified that there's a technique or something that I want to work on, I'll spend mm-hmm. 15, 20, 30 minutes on it. Sure. Um, or until I get dizzy or tired or just bored. Um, yeah. But I think that it's also the key is, is that you and I, for example, and, you know, people maybe uh, of, of, of our, I wouldn't say level or standing or, or whatnot, but are able to sit and train on our own. Yes. That's a, that's a specific mindset. Because I even know people that have similar ranks, more experience than myself or whatever, that cannot train on their own. That's a that's a mentality. Right. I, I, I agree completely. And so yeah. because it, it I, I think is is important to recognize also that you or are accepting your level of understanding. And it's not mm-hmm. good or bad or better or worse or anything like that knowing where your limitations are in that and how you're able to learn and train is because it's gotten to the point now where I almost don't like, if I'm not teaching the class, if I'm participating, I cannot, I have a hard time participating in group classes now as a participant. I'm like, okay, we're going to, Oh, we're going to do jumping jacks. Oh, then we're going <laughs> to do this. Oh, then we're going to count through the kata each knee son. Okay. Now, Whereas it's like, okay, I could, I could get more benefit out of 20 minutes just doing this on my own right? than suffering through an hour and a half of, of this class. I'm trying to remember the last time I even like participated in like a dedicated group class. You know, I guess like do Gashukus count? Do those count? Because I've done a few of those, I guess, over the past few years. Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, not like not ours, I think, don't necessarily count because we're doing like... No, no, no. I mean for like my own organization because there's, oh. you know... I, I don't it's know. It's kind of depends like what you do in those. Yeah. But even those, I mean, like I went to, I went to a gushku for for an organization, I think in 2018, and and it was okay, but yeah. then I was just like, you know, like, and this is where I, I kind of with a with a thing about going off topic, but seminars, I have a problem with seminars these days too, um, because most of the times they're not really seminars where somebody's really passing a lot of information. It's just a group class with a different instructor where they're not I really going yeah. yeah so i agree anyways um <laughs> but you know back to back to the topic i think that if you you have to understand how you train or how you learn and, and how you can like, you can do it for sure. someone like you and i who are capable and, and train better on our own or with like just another partner like hey yeah. let's work this specific thing um but you also have to have, I guess, the imagination or the ability to, to do that. I guess more like the mindset you said. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that comes with the time and experience also. Yeah, it definitely. You have to have the experience of 
knowing how something feels when it's correct to know how it is when it's incorrect to recreate that feeling when you are training on your own. Um, but I also like to utilize my cell phone as a recording device and, oh, yeah. you know, look at myself and say, Oh, that's bad. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, I've, yeah. I've said that I, I say that all the time to record yourself and to do stuff. But yeah. what I've noticed is also, for example, um, I think, what is my, I think my daughter is seventh Q right now. Something like that, seventh Q. So she's working on Pinan Shodan. Mm -hmm. And we're going to get to Sandan next. I think I started the first couple moves of Sandan. And, you know, be times where if we're in class and I need to focus on uh, another student or something, okay, go over there and just practice your kata. And at first, it's very difficult for her to just go over there because, you know, they want the, they want to hear the count. They're used to hearing the count or being told what to do. And I think that that's also part of the developmental stage in it is being able to take that ownership in, oh, I know what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to go over here and I'm supposed to do these moves by themselves. Right. Um, and you probably see that in as your as your students progress through the ranks to where some are more able to do that than others. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I still have some that like, even as they're advancing, it's still like, just wait for sensei to tell you something different, which is okay. Yeah. Um, but you know, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, well, Keyhole. hold on, real quick. Oh. Let me, here's one oh. one question. Okay. No, nope. guess we're not um, finished yet. It's not going to be the shortest episode yet. It it's might. still going to be pretty short, I think, because this I think this one should have a pretty easy answer to it. Okay. But as an instructor, and you're, you know, you you have a, a defined amount of time in class. At what point do you in that class say, okay, we're done doing Kihon, and now we're working on whatever other thing. So two things will play into that. First, what I want to do that day. If mm -hmm. I if there's a if there's a specific drill or a technique or a topic that I want to cover, depending on how long I think that's going to take, mm -hmm. that will uh, play a role in how much kihon we do for moving basics. I try to I try to do moving basics in every one of my classes. Yeah. Um, again, not talking about my athletes. We're not. That's no. We're talking about just the average average karate average class. class. Yeah. Average karate class. Yeah. So, because I do think that it's important. I think, especially at in a in a class where people are, you, you know, you have varieties of a uh, 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 rank or or not necessarily rank, but progression and knowledge. That it's important to do that. How long we will do that will also depend on, like I said, if there's a specific topic I want to cover. Or, um, again, like you've mentioned, if we're leading up to a, a, a testing, a grading, then there may be more of an emphasis on that. Um, or if I see something that I don't like or that I think needs work. See, and that's the, that tends to be the thing that gets me stuck in the Kihon loop right. uh, in my own classes is we'll be going through Kihon and like everything is kind of going good. And I'm like, okay, man, all right, good. We're going to move on and we're going to do you know, uh, Bunkai, for example, or whatever. And 
but then like we're doing the next piece of kihon before we can wrap it up and i'm like oh man like all right now we gotta like step back and we've gotta like reevaluate this we can't just do it and move on without like addressing you know the thing that needs fixing or whatever so now the whole class is you know like going through and moving up and down the line again and working on this and oh they still don't have it so now you know you know 45 minutes of a 60 minute class has gone by doing you know kihon and not focusing on the thing that i actually wanted to do for that night but but usually the students like I'll, i'll get text messages from them like later on that night and like oh sensei that was a great class you know man my legs are on fire or whatever i really needed the sweat this, that, and the third, and they always end up being like some of the best classes or more well-received classes, but we do end up spending a lot more time when there's something like that happening. So in fear of taking this in a whole nother direction, maybe something to ponder for another future episode is I referenced in the beginning how our training has kind of codified into the three Ks. Yes. Kata and Kumite. People go to the dojo now to train and get their learning at the dojo. Yes. But I think that is a byproduct of, again, our modern way of doing it where and commercialized dojos, if you will. And mm-hmm. not necessarily meaning that in a, in a negative connotation, connotation, just the way it is. Um, whereas I think a long time ago, your training happened on your own and you went to the dojo or you saw sensei to get checked and then get fixed or to get some advice. And then you go back and you train that and then you come back later. Right. So the majority of your training is not there in the dojo or with your sensei. The majority of your training is at home or on your own or wherever it is. But now that's flip-flopped. People only train when they go to the dojo. And I think we, I have notes that we're going to talk about this in a future episode. But, um, and I think that that's part of why we end up spending so much time on Kihon. Because people aren't doing it on their own. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so I noticed that in my like group chat, my students were saying things like, oh, I can't make it to practice tonight. Or, you know, is there going to be practice this weekend or whatever, blah, blah, blah. They're not like athletes. So they're not coming to a practice. They're coming to a class. So I actually asked them to, you know, redefine in their like day-to-day vernacular what they're calling class time because they're you're there you're there to learn not to come and practice you need to practice at home you need to get those reps in at home on your own and not rely on class time to be your practice oh i agree completely i i agree and that's where you know in 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 even japanese the words are different the way they the way they use the words uh in regarding your karate training, it's, they use the word for keiko, which is training mm-hmm. and not practice, which is denshu, right? I'm, I'm, I'm right. not, I'm not practicing. I'm, I'm practicing a technique, but I'm training, right? I can practice a specific thing, but I'm not, I'm going to training 
Um, and I think that that, like you said, that that's a very uh, specific. I mean, because it, it frames your mindset in regards to that, into yeah. how you're approaching not just what you're doing, but your techniques as well. Because exactly you know, tying it yeah. back into the our, our kihon. Well, I can practice a certain number of techniques, or I can practice my kihon to then apply it into my kata. If I'm, you know, trying to to make that that distinction, I guess, or or if I want to work like kind of like what you said, I guess sometimes it's better to take it out of the kata to work on a uh, specific movement or something like that, and then go from there and put it back into the kata without getting focused on just doing the movement of the kata, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah, no, I totally agree. So, all right. Well, I think that, um, so moral of the story is, I guess we still need to keep doing Kihon. Is that right? Still, still need to do it a little bit. Still need yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. At, at all levels, you know, and I, and I think we've kind of talked about this a little bit before too, but you know, to avoid looking like the 80 year old sensei, mm. you know, I think, I think, uh, Kihon is important as well. Okay. All right. Well, you got any last words? Yeah. Go out there and get those reps in. Get to right. it. Get to get it. Get to work. All right. Well, from Jonathan and I, thank you for tuning in for another episode of Way of the Fist podcast. And you have to do your Kihon. I know I kind of came across as, as that, but I wanted to, to spark our discussion here about Kihon because ultimately Kihon is very important into the your fundamental development of karate. So go get to work. Keep training hard. And we'll see you on the next episode.